Blog Talk Radio.
In the name of Amen, the Supreme, the all-powerful, the one and only true Lord, and Amen, we trust, as the Republic of Mental, like the real 144,000 is being gathered in this day and time, the mentalists, the Amen race, the bright race. Good evening, I'm your host, the intellectual Nibin Mentari, this is Mentelect Radio, and tonight we're going to be discussing the real reason why women go through labor pains in childbirth, that expansion uh, uterus, stomach, and body contracting, and um, a lot of things are going on down there, you know, as this is taking place. If you look at the way a woman's body or her, her stomach swells up when she's pregnant to where she eventually pushes the baby forward, it will resemble a serpent swallowing an egg. It looks like a serpent swallowing an egg or object, all right? And seeing the object moving through the serpent's body looks the same way as a baby moving through a woman's body, through her stomach. It's expansion, right? And it looks at how they all, as the serpent is passing out an egg, their own eggs. The same setup. It's an elasticity, therefore a reason to expand the pelvis, expand the lining of the stomach, expand the uterine walls and things like that, there's an elasticity there for a reason, which comes by way of heat, which create, which brings moisture and creates that elasticity within the walls of the woman who is carrying the child, that heat, because it's like literally an oven in there. When a man ejaculates into a woman, like I said, it is like a molding he is putting his Seed, right, which is liquid, the sperm, the semen, he's putting an oven. He's putting his genetic material, his genetic liquid material, his sperm, his semen, inside of you, the oven, the woman. And there's heat going on there. There is the eggs in there in which the genetic material are going to cook. They're going to bake. They're going to bake in your stomach for nine months. The heat, the oxygen, the air. All this fire and this inferno is going on down there, right? And the child is being formed in your womb. Your womb is like a molding, and your womb is to mold the child. Mold the child. Mold the child into what it needs to be as it's coming out and what it will need for the remainder of its life here on earth. Your job is to mold the child. You are the child's first school. Your body is the first university, the first school in which the child goes to for nine months. It's learning everything within your womb, within your oven. As the baby is growing, the baby's hearing you talking. The baby's hearing sound. So that means the baby's ears are developing. His sight, his senses, or her senses are being developed. All this is taking place within you. You are developing this child. You are baking this child within your oven. And you're giving your ingredients, meaning your genetic material, into the baking of this child, right, into a full-grown being, right? You're putting the child through this university, Within your womb, and the child is a, and the child is growing, as it is hearing 
your voice. As it is nourishing from you, feeding from you, this child is growing inside of you. You are literally growing the child in you within this nine-month period. This is why your stomach is rising. There's heat rising in your stomach. Your child represents heat rising in your stomach. And when the child is ready, when the time for cooking the child, I hate to use that terminology, but you know what I mean. When the time is done for baking the child, the child is fully baked, then the child is ready to come out of the oven. The child has went through the university, first nine months, school, from both you, the woman, and the father, the man, and he's ready or she is ready for the world. Right? You gave the child within your womb, the woman, you gave the child their first course, this first developmental course, the first obstacle course, which is getting through the nine months. You were preparing the child for that. So, therefore, you go through these labor pains because labor is literally going on throughout the nine months of your body as this child is growing. And when the child is finished growing and ready to come out, that's when you get the biggest push because now you have all of that labor um, all that labor gathering up and developing this child mentally and physically, all of that is gathered up, all that energy and that heat is gathering up like in the oven. So what happens, you eventually have to do what? After the cake is baked, you have to then take the cake out of the oven, and that is going to be painful. That's going to be painful. That is the labor pain. The pain that you experience because of all the labor that was built up in your stomach as you were developing that child. Do y'all follow what I'm saying to y'all? That is the pain that was built up in the laboring of building that child, building that child to a physical uh, um, thing in nine months' time. That's what that was. And when you finally are ready to unleash that child, that's the pain. That all of that is built up. All of it is built up, and it's natural. You're supposed to. You're supposed to have that great pain. You're supposed to. You see, and sometimes you'll have women who may have these pains within their pregnancy, right? Because these pains are being released gradually over the nine months. So you might have some women who might be in labor a lot less and a lot less time, because there's ways to unleash those labor pains throughout the course of nine months. There's certain ways to unleash that. So when you get to the last month when you are delivering, it's not as painful. It's not as painful. I, I'm gonna make a I'm gonna make a kind of crude I'm gonna make a kind of crude comparison. I don't mean to be uh, um vulgar. But it's like anything. You eating you eating up a meal and then eventually it stores in your stomach and your stomach start bubbling up and you know you gotta go take a number two. You know, because it all, I'm not comparing the children to that, but y'all get what I'm saying. That labor is taking place and turning that into what it has to come into it, which is waste to come out that end. You see? But this seed, when it goes inside of you, it is going through a labor processing of making it into a person. You see? That's what that is. You see? Your body is literally like a power plant. Your women have, your bodies are like power plants. 
That's why y'all don't need to do no. Y'all, y'all talking all this stuff about trying to do a man's work and doing all that lift work. Shit, a man can't, um, can't, can't do what y'all do. Men cannot do that. Men cannot sit up here and go through labor pains and whatnot and carry babies for nine months knowing the hell they can't. That is, y'all, y'all are literally made into power plants. That is a power within itself. You see, y'all like infernos. Y'all walking infernos. You see, so next time, you you know, you hear these women trying to downplay having children and, and being mothers and whatnot, you tell them to sit their ass down and shut the hell up because, like I said, that's not an easy feat. That's not easy at all. You got some that handle it flawlessly, and you got some, like I said, they struggle. But that, see, that, that serpentine, that serpentine energy that's supposed to be going throughout your body is supposed to make it easy as you're pushing them out over time. It makes you more elastic. Like I said, a lot of times you won't go through as much pain in the second or third time as you did in the first because your body's becoming used to it and whatnot. And also it represents a growth for you, an expansion for you into your new body or your next body in which you're supposed to become. Because whether you like it or not, like I said, sometimes, you also have to go through that development as women. Like you might see a girl say, you know, I didn't have, you know, before I had my baby, I had little breasts. Now I got some big old breasts. I, I had the baby and whatnot, and, it, and they stayed, or I got my hips in and my butt filled out here. So sometimes, I mean, not being crude, but sometimes that happens too because you're still developing as well. You see? You're still developing, you're still developing uh, uh, as well. You see, so all that happens, like I say, also represents the filling out of you into the next stage of your life. So you going through growing pains as you pushing that baby out because your scenery and how things are done in your life is going to change. So that represents a growth, not just a physical growth, but actually a mental growth that you're supposed to be going through because that's just as painful as the physical growth. The mental growth of preparing and having and worrying about this child and whatnot, how you're going to take care of them and what you're going to do for them, that's a mental pain right there that goes right along with that physical pain, right? All of that goes along with that. That's why they say this is why the beast, when they say things like post postpartum and all of that, when the women start having these crazy thoughts, a lot of the times these human, these human females have these crazy thoughts of killing their children and stuff like that because – the reason they'll have these thoughts because it's such a mental overload, it's such a, a, a mental labor, labor load, it's such a mental overload for women who haven't gone through that, not used to that. And so sometimes they just they just blow up and explode, and next thing you know, they're hurting their children, they go get into a state of depression, things like that, because it's so much of an overload for them. Mentally, it's a, a lot, you see, especially amongst these humans because, like I said, they really don't have any elasticity when it comes to the, you know, to their mental, uh, uh, um, their mental capacity. If you know what I mean, they don't have any real mental flexibility. Like the neuro, the neuro, the neural centers in your brain are supposed to be kind of elastic, like a more of an elasticity type of thing to it. In other words, you're supposed to have flexibility in your brain matter at certain points. You're supposed to have a lot of flexibility, things to process through, things to, you know, to you know, to really think beyond certain things. And, you know, these humans don't really have it. So when they're humans, these mo- the mothers of these humans whose brains are basically wired to be simple, they get, a, get, they get these, you know, children and they like these babies and they got to 
plan out how to feed them, plan out how to do this, plan out how to do that. They go crazy, man. Why do you think they get nannies? Why do you think a lot of these Caucasian women get nannies? Why do you think they get nannies? Why do you think these, a lot of these Caucasian women get nannies? And it's always the so-called black woman, right or wrong. As soon as the damn baby born and whatnot, these Caucasian women getting a damn black woman. You understand that? Because they know you have the maternal instinct. You wired for that. See, that's the that's that elasticity in the brain of the, of the bronze woman. You wired for children and house life and homework and helping in business. Y'all wired. Y'all got more elasticity and more thought process to y'all than the so-called white women and all these other races and the human, you know, these human women, these human, um, these cave women. You see, you have more elasticity in your brain because you have that serpentine foundation. You see. Those serpents all carry that elasticity in their body. And like I said, you bronze women, you definitely carry it in your body. You see? You definitely carry it. These humans, they don't carry that. Like I said, they're not really good mothers to their children, especially, the, especially the, the cave woman. Especially the cave woman. She ain't a good mother to her child. She have a damn meltdown. So you tell her about her killing her children. And a lot of that happens all over the place. They try not to report it. They flip out and kill their children. You see? Because they realize that that is a mental expansion. That is a uh, shock not just to the physical system that you just had for nine months, but it's a shock to the mental system if you're not prepared for that, if you're not wired, you don't have that elasticity of thought when it comes to the next stage of your life. See, again, a lot of these humans don't have that. You see, they, they snap under pressure. You see, they snap. You see, and y'all, like I said, y'all have more elasticity like I said, like that rubber band effect, you have more elasticity because, like I said, more heat creates more moisture as you're drinking water and things like that. That's why it's always a good thing to drink a lot of water when you're pregnant, you see, because what does it do? It creates moisture in your body, extra moisture, and it makes you more, you know, it tends to make you uh, um, less um you know, less uh, uh, hydrated, you know, make you make your body more and more, create more of that moisture and elasticity that you want, you see? Because you got some women, like I said, it look like you got some women who don't who don't get no marks, no nothing. They, they snap right back like a rubber band. See, again, that depends on the elasticity. A lot of y'all, y'all snap back bad because you don't know how to, you know, improve the elasticity in your skin, and your and everything, so it leaves marks. And sometimes you end up tearing when you when the baby comes out. You see, you have to have a good elasticity in your skin, and that comes by drinking a lot of water. You see, that comes by drinking a lot of water. It lessens the labor pain. Okay, it lessens it. People don't know how important water is. You see, when you go through those pains, like I said, it represents a growth for you and also for the child, you see, because like I said, when your body goes from a time of, you know, when your body goes from a time of when you first become pregnant, when your period stops, right, because when you're having your period, that's like that energy, that power, that, you know, what would have built up in you, see, because you have that naturally in your that, – that's like I'll, – I'll say it like this. The blood from your period is like fuel that's leaving your body. 
The blood from your period is like fuel that leaves your body, fuel that's not being used. When you, st- when you find out you're pregnant, the fuel starts to stay. The period stops because now your body's about to be fueled up. You follow what I'm saying? Your body's about to be fueled up. When you're not using that fuel, then it, it pushes out the excess fuel, which is your period. But when it time when the tongue comes time, your baby needs that fuel, needs that you know all of the whatever the, the uh, um the genetic material because all that's coming out in your period blood is genetic material things that a baby would need skin cells genetic material all that's coming out and passing out in your blood when you have your menstrual cycle so these are all parts of the you know that the baby would use these are all parts and they have to they have to leave. You see, they have to cleanse themselves out because the baby's not using them. So these, this genetic material that's in you has to constantly cleanse itself out of you, right? But if it, like I said, and like I said, you have to, when you become pregnant, that's when the, that system, the system shuts down and all of that genetic material that was passed out of you for your period is now formulating your child. The baking process has begun. You follow what I'm saying? The baking process is beginning. So all that genetic material that you were supposed to be passing out. And, again, that's another reason why you get labor pains because all those pains, another thing, and all those pains that build up, that's period. That's, that's part of your period that's supposed to come down as well. See, because when your period is not coming down, notice when you go, go through your period, you have cramps, right? Don't you have cramps? Well, a lot of y'all, when you go through your period, you have cramps, right? Those are nothing but those cramps down there. That's all part of the labor pain. Those cramps you get when you're having your period, that's part of the labor pain. And when you're not when you're not pushing out blood every month, that's a buildup as well. That's a buildup, you see. Because what happens, because when you have your baby, notice all the blood that comes out, the afterbirth, that's one big period. You do know that, right? The afterbirth is nothing but one big period that comes out of you after nine months. That's what your afterbirth is. Y'all follow? That's one big period that y'all didn't have for nine months because your child was being your child was being uh, uh, nourished from that, you know, the genetic material. You see, that's the pain of that pushing that out, pushing out that. Like I said, instead of you having those nine periods within the month, that you know, it wasn't that it, it all built up came out, and you was pushing the baby out, you was pushing out that excess genetic material that the baby didn't need that became the placenta, that became the surrounding around the baby. So when it came time to come out, that came out as well. That was coming out with the baby. That's the labor pain. That would be the same equivalent as you have in your period. All stored up into nine months with that baby being being um being swaddled within that uh, and being protected within that um within the um um within the placenta and the birth canal and being protected because that's what you built up around the baby. You built up that protection around the baby. All right? So that's why I say it's very much our uh, um, way we pass out children is very much like the reptilians, very much. You see, we had to adapt to that because we're here on Earth and the atmosphere is more water than you're saying than anything. It's more the atmosphere is more water, right? For the ecology, so we had to adapt the same way the reptilians had children when we projected here. You see, it's the same process. 
Y'all just, the, the thing is, we just don't have a bunch of eggs or lay a bunch of, because when the baby come out in that placenta, that's really, you just, you just lay the soft-boiled egg. When that baby come out in that placenta like that, that's a soft-boiled egg that just came out of you. You follow? That's an egg that came out. Or the baby come out in that sack and whatnot, that's, that's the, you know, that's an egg being baked. That's an egg, egg being made inside of you. You see? That's why, as I said, that these are all, you know, this is all the workings like of a um, like a factory. You see, exactly the amniotic sac. Thank you, the amniotic sac. I was starting to think of that. That's that's nothing but a soft egg. That's nothing but a soft eggshell or egg. You know what I'm saying? That's all that is. So, you know, this all your body works like a power plant. You see. Your body works like a power plant when you are carrying children. And thus, you have to know that labor is constantly going on inside you. Like I said, labor just doesn't start when you having children. You have labors every month for you when you bleed those months. When you having those periods, those are labor pains. Those are labor pains. Notice when a woman can no longer have children, what happens? Her period stops, right? Why do you think her period stops? When she can't no when she can no longer have children, her period stops. Because what? The machinery the generated us shut down. She can't turn out no more copies. You follow what I'm saying? She can't turn out no more copies. Ain't no more she don't she's not passing out any more genetic material anymore. She's not gonna get pregnant anymore, so therefore she don't have a period no more. Does that not make sense? Does that not make sense? Exactly. No longer fuel. No longer the fuel is no longer needed. You see? But see, I break it down to y'all like this. The first time you ever going to hear anybody break it down this way, but then you'll get people that copy me and say, oh, see, nah, nah. This is the first time your scientists don't even give it to you this way. Your so-called white scientists ain't going to give it to you this way. This is first time. First time off the dot, off the dome, by way of honor. This is the breakdown to how women really have children and how their body really functions. That's how it functions. It's a power plant. It's a machine. It's a power plant. You see? It's a machine. You all are machines. You see? And your bodies are monitored or it is monitored or set after the reptiles. You see? It is set after the reptiles. The reptilian system has a system or setup of passing out and regenerating, you see. And so we had to basically follow how they did it, you see. The system was set up better for them, okay. The system, the ecosystem was set up for the reptilians, so we had to adapt like the reptilians. We had to have children like them. The men had to have sex the same way as they did, you see. That was adapting. That was more of an adaption to them, you see. Am I making myself clear? Clear. Questions. Any questions? Questions. Questions. I want to make sure it's all clear before I go on. All right. Let me know if anything is unclear. 
right. I ain't gonna leave. I'm not leaving no stones unturned. No stones unturned. I'm gonna answer everything. So, like I said, that you know when a woman when a woman starts her period, her menstrual cycle, she's usually around 12 or 13. That means the machine is about to boot up. That means the engine is about to boot up. When she starts her period at 12, 13 years old, that means the machine is about to automatically cut on. That's when, you know, her menstrual cycle comes and she can now produce children. You see? She can now produce children. It's almost like putting a, putting a piece of paper inside of a uh, inside of a Xerox machine, and like I said, the Xerox machine spits out a copy. You see, it receives the information, the genetic material from the father, and she adds her genetic material from her father because this is father to father to father. The mother is linked in through the father. I'm going to explain that in another cast, but it starts to link the genetic material together, and then she's going to push out a copy. She's starting to go into drive, and as she goes into drive, she starts producing the genetic material. She starts putting out a copy. The oven starts to cook the baby. The oven starts to bake the baby inside of her womb. The machine, like I said, it literally goes on. It's supposed to go on at 13 years old. That's the normal time it's supposed to go on. Right? And she's building up. A machine, she's building up. You see? She's starting to build up. Right? She may start. She may start spotting early at an early age. And like I said, when she's spotting like that, it's usually because she's building up. The machine is about to come on soon, you know. So a lot of times when girls get their periods early, it's because she's building. It's not that she's supposed to have sex early. It's that she starts to build up earlier than others. Her vessels start to build up early. But she's not. doesn't mean she's supposed to start having sex as soon as she have a period. That don't mean you start having sex at 13 or 14 or 12 or nothing like that. No. She's building up. She has. She needs extra time, or whatever the case may be. Whatever, like I said, she don't. They, like I said, from that time at twelve to like at least sixteen, seventeen, they building up. You see, the machine is cutting on. The fuel is being built up. That's why she has to have her cycles, uh, you know, where it's not where it's not bothered between that time. You see, her cycle has to come out between those times and whatnot where it's uninterrupted. It shouldn't be no sex with her and all that other stuff. No, that shouldn't be going on. She shouldn't be having no babies that early. Her cycle needs to come out because the machine is just building up. So like I said, all that nonsense, like a lot of you Israelites and you people in the religion talk, oh, a girl can have a baby at 12 and 13 years old. No, she cannot have no baby. She's not supposed to. Yeah, she can, but she's not supposed to. She's not supposed to. Okay? She's not supposed to have no baby. When she starts fueling like that, like, like I'm going to give you a good example of that. When you turn it on the engine, do you just take off the guy and start driving the car, or do you turn the engine on and let it warm up? Well, that's what the young woman needs when she starts her period at 13 or 14 years old and whatnot. Her body's warming up, man. She's not supposed to start really having no children until about 19 years old. 19 or 20 years old, that's when she's supposed to start having children, at least around that time. You see, you ain't supposed to just, like I said, that's you, she, you just starting that and you're going to put a baby in her. You're not supposed to do that. She's supposed to have that time un, uninterrupted to pass out her cycle. She's not supposed to be having no sex with nobody. You see, 
She's just her body's just starting to fuel up. But like I said, and, and, and I'm going to say this too. That's why when they say them young girls, they be hot and they behinds and whatnot. What do you think? Why do you think they said that why them young girls in heat like that, they want to have sex all the time? Because they fueling up. They fueling up. All that's being built up, their hormones coming together, the oven is coming on. They all hot and they want to yet lay up with this one. They all hot in the behind and all hot. You know, just want to run around and lay, lay up and stuff, and they done discover sex because that's that fuel building up. Those hormones are building up. You see? So, like I said, and they looking for them outlets and things like that when they're young like that because they want to start really, their body wants to go into overdrive and start having children, but they're not ready for that. You see? They're not ready for that. You could rev up an engine. You could turn the car and rev the engine up, and it sounds all strong and whatnot. And it's pushing out all the exhaust and whatnot. But then when you take off in it and whatnot, it's not going to go so far because or it's going to not get the performance you want out of it because you drove it too early. You didn't let the car warm up. You didn't let it warm up. You, you wanted to drive it without letting it warm up. Because you're taking somebody who never went through that before in their life, and you're just going to put them through that. Let me take a call. Nine one two, you're on there. Nine one two. Minzak, can you hear me? Yes, I can. Minzak. That's Dickie Z. I have a comment and a question. Um, my comment um is, I think if a guy wants to sleep with a girl, I think that's, I I honestly think he's a pedophile because why wouldn't you just get a grown woman to do that? Why are you why are you so adamant about not you but. Why would someone like that be so adamant about specifically focusing on a young girl who, like, don't even know nothing about the world? Like, because, like I don't understand why they Well, because they want – because they want to – you know, they, they feel like they can take advantage of somebody like that. They feel like they have – it's more of a mental thing than a sexual thing. Because, like you said, you said mm-hmm. the same thing. I said, like, what the hell? Anybody, a grown man, want with a 13 or 14 or 15-year-old or 16-year-old? What, what, what you want with that? That's a kid. I don't mean to say, like, kid, but you're not a child. So I'm like, you know, what do you want with that? And that, and like I said, that's because a lot of these, these males got a childlike mentality. They haven't grown up mentally, so they're attracted to children. The same thing like with a pedophile. Mm. A pedophile is attracted to children because they got a childlike mentality. And usually mm. a lot of these Caucasian ones, especially these Caucasian pedophiles, a lot of times they're, they're physically underdeveloped, if you know what I mean, the men, the males. They're physically, they got basically private parts like children. And whatnot, so they got a childlike mentality, and they and they attracted to children. They never grow up out of being children. They they sound like and act like and mimic like they adults, but that's just their mind is not developed past that. Okay. And my question was, um, for older women who are like in the forties and fifties, and I've heard of this happening um, before. I've known of some people that has hap- that has happened to them, where they seemingly went through menopause and they stopped having periods, but then they got pregnant. So how does that happen? Okay. Say, okay. I'm sorry. Say it one more second. I was trying to read the comments and say it one more time. I'm sorry. Okay. I said that I know some women that have went through menopause and they stopped having periods, but then they had unprotected sex and got pregnant. And mm. she's like, I think she's like 50 and she has like a freaking. Oh. Like, her daughter's pretty young, so how does that happen? (laughs) Well, like I said, sometimes 
you got these women out here, and that, and that happens. You got some of these women out here who are like, not, I don't mean to call a freak of a freak of nature, but you know they have those excessive ovens that just like I'm gonna give you a good example. You have different women with different types of ovens. I'm gonna just use this as an example. You have those deluxe ovens that just keep putting out over the over the limit because you don't have women that had babies up in their fifties and damn it to the sixties and whatnot. Mm-hmm. They keep putting out constantly. You have those deluxe models. Then you have those models <laughs> that just put out one or two. And then you have those models that put out, like, the moderate level of three and four, five, like anything. You have certain men who are more potent than other men who could put out a bunch of kids. You touch you touch a woman, she's pregnant. Then you got some guys that put out they got moderate sperm, and they'll get, like, two or three children. Then you got some guys got the super sperm, and they got pregnant. And then what, you got the women who got the super eggs, and she got, you know, she, she make a lot of babies. She can make a lot of copies. You got some that just make moderate, and you, got, you know, like that. Okay. So I guess different it's like, even though they're not... And, you know, and I'm gonna say, uh, let me say this, different reptilian strains, different strands of reptilian mm-hmm. genetics. That's another reason. That's where you like your genetic material comes through, too, that reptilian genetic material. And some, some of the women have different strands of reptilian genetic in it where, like, some people might mimic that of have children like a turtle or a tortoise. Some might have children like a serpent. Some might have children like... You, you follow what I'm saying with this? You see how the turtles have, mm-hmm. like, like, they deliver slow and they, you know, do they do things. They, so we mimic a lot of their movement and how they have children and how they, you know, are fertile. A lot of the women mimic that. In fact, all the women mimic okay. that. All right. So I figure even though they're not bleeding every month, the egg is still kind of, like, in stasis, I guess. Yeah. That, she sounds like one of them, you know. One of those, I mean, the general rule is, or the general, how how basically what it is, and do you have those that's, you know, she probably storing that, you know, she's probably storing it and still being able to reproduce off it without pushing it out. Because I know there are reptiles that, um, that they can store eggs and sperm for a really long time until the time mm-hmm. comes where they think it's, it's okay to have the eggs and then they'll, like, still fertilize it and then have eggs and stuff. So, um do you think that, you oh, know, me, even on, if a woman... You, you just went... Wait a minute, wait a minute. I didn't mean to cut you. I didn't mean to cut what you were uh-huh. going to say. But you went to a whole other level right here because I was about to say something else. You got people who do that the same way. I'm going to give you an example. You got women who could... Or men who will have sex with women and, like, won't never get certain women pregnant, like I said, over the years. But then, boom, you'll get certain women pregnant. You see what I'm saying? Or women who have sex mm-hmm. with men unprotected and they will never get pregnant. Then boom, this man gets them pregnant. You follow? So it's like some kind of breed, a selective type of thing, you know, in your genetic material that comes from the reptilians. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. And my other question yeah. was, do you think that if, in, I guess physically if the woman was um, in good shape, you know, and in a uh, more mature age, it would be fine. But you think, like, I mean, okay, so here's what I'm trying to say. If a woman goes through menopause and they're thinking, well, I don't need to have protective sex because I'm not going to have children, and then they get pregnant, do you think that, you know, at having a child around, like, 50 or so, that will be, you know, considered to be okay? I mean, it depends on her. I mean, it depends on the woman and her, 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 her medical and what you know, um, she should look at you know do the women in her, his, her uh, in her um, family got a history of delivering babies late in life. 
you know, things like that, because what that tells you is, you know, it it will probably dictate the elasticity of the womb and things like that and the ability to push out and not tear or put the baby in danger. So a good indication of that would be if the woman has mother, grandmother who delivered children up until a late age. Mm-hmm. Okay. Okay. That's all I want to ask. All right. All right. Exactly. Uh, you know, it all depends, like I said. All of that depends on it, you know. Yeah, and it is risky, very much so. Very much so. You know, very much so. So, you know. I mean, you got certain people that do it, but like I said, it's it's different stages, different types of women. You got those women who super ovens. She only got some super ovens out here, and you got some that's moderate ovens. You know, y'all can push out just, you know, natural, normal, you know. Then you got those who get maybe one if they're lucky. You see, diff- women are different. Like I said, I just made the analogy to the men's sperm. Some men's sperm, you got that super sperm. They touch you, you get pregnant. You know what I'm saying? Touch them, a woman, you touch them, you get pregnant. You know, every woman they touch, you make them pregnant. Then you got some guys who can't get no women pregnant. All right? Can't get can't get nothing pregnant. Then you got some guys who can get just might make three or four children, or five, the moderate or something like that. In between, you see, it's just like anything. But like I said, keep this in mind and make sure because this is going to be a classic broadcast right here. I can tell. I'm putting out the classics. This is going to be a classic because if you ever wanted to know the breakdown and how the women's body is and things like that, how it really works. This is the definitive broadcast. This is the definitive broadcast. So make sure y'all put this up in the classics section somewhere. Y'all need to create a classic section, a mental health classic section, because, like I said, these, you know, I keep all these in my own library on blog talk. But like I said, this is a classic. But y'all gonna, I guarantee you, will go back and listen to this. And in fact, I encourage you all to go back and listen to this broadcast. Because I guarantee you, and as I always say, those of you who are in community, those of you who are in community, you hear things that I am saying that other people will not. You know, people from the outside trying to listen in. Like we always get people from the outside trying to listen in. You all will hear things that other people will not. That's why I encourage you all, those of you in community. And I'm not, and you people on the outside listening, you, you don't, it don't matter. You're not going to hear it. You're not going to hear what, really what I'm saying. But the women on the inside, the men on the inside, but especially the women on the inside, the women on the inside are going to have a whole different understanding if you listen again or again and again as much as you can on what I'm saying, what's really being said, what's really being meant to sink in, you see, from the mental state, M-E-N-T-E-L-L state, N-Z-Z-N-N-N-Z-Z-N-144. That's what it's meant to sink into, you see. That's the meant to sink. You know, it's going to go in a lot differently than if you want the outside listening in. And I tell you all, I told you all about the serpentine helix. I said this in the chat room. I'm not going to go any further. The serpentine helix, the serpentine birth helix, the process has begun. The process has begun. It represents a ladder or chain 
into the fourth dimension. Next mind, next body, next soul, the etheric state. This is the continuation, the vibration into a next era. Through these children, through this bloodline, this is an ongoing extension. It is more than just having children. It is building a bridge into the fourth dimension, building an extended bridge through this next genetic material into the fourth dimension. This is the path. They are the path. This is the open door. And as you move into alignment with this door, as you all start to ready yourselves to carry new children, next children through this door, you are an open vessel. You are part of the extended chain. And those of you who are not having children who are past childbearing years, you become the extended mothers of these children. You will become the extended mothers of these children. So the maternal link is not just the women having babies here in this community. It is the women around these children that are coming who become the extended mothers of these children. This is how it is in the community. Like when you have the beehive and whatnot and you have the bees protecting the hive, those are all not their biological mothers. They are here to protect the hive, protect the children. You see, we raise children as a community. We raise children as a community. There's no one father. There's no one mother. There's many fathers. We all fathers and all mothers, overseers. Exactly. 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 Overseers. You all have a place within this body of army as overseers of the next generation. You are all mothers of these children. You're all their mothers. There's no such thing as one mother here. You are the mother of many children when you are truly part of a covenant, truly part of a community. You are the father of all the children. I don't care if they're not your children. If they're in the community, if they're in the covenant, you're their father. You're their mothers. We are one. So when y'all say y'all are part of that maternal bond, I don't care if you're not delivering the children forward. You are part of that maternal bond, period. You are part of those. And, again, that's another thing that real sisterhood is based on. You want to hear that. That's part of that maternal bond as well. That's another thing sisterhood is based on, being mothers, being connected as mothers and extended mothers, mothers of all each other's children. Y'all hear me? We are all fathers of each other's children in community. We take care of each other. There's never a time where we're not taking care of each other in community. This is the mindset we have to build up. So when a, if a woman, if a father should pass on, he's going to have another father to step up. If a mother pass on, another mother going to step up in her place to continue forward. 
because that's what real mothers would want and real fathers would want to happen for their children if they were to pass on. You can only do that in community. The continuation goes on and we go on. And we continue in the name of Amen. You see? Brandon back.
fertile in these times where the plant is working, just like any plant, your body works almost like how you work a job. What they say you usually put in about 25 years on a job before you retire. Your body is set up on the same principle. You got about 20 to 25 good years of childbearing before your body shuts down. The window is really from 20 to 40, you know, to produce. You might get lucky and get over 40, like up to 45, but the window is really from, you know, really 19 19 to 40 is the window. That's the window. That's the window. Like I said, you might get another year or two out of that, but that's pretty much where your body starts to retire, you see. Your body starts to retire around that time because it put in twenty about twenty twenty five plus good years of service. Well, really, even from the time you started having your period, so from thirteen to from thirteen to about when your period starts to stop in your forties, that's your body shutting down and retiring. You see, and your period stop, the machine starts to go off, and you know you're into another stage of your life. This is a natural stage of life, you know. You have your time in which to have your children, and then you go on. You become and you go into the next stage of life, which is grand matron. Take a call. I want to. So, um, I have two questions. So, some women um, don't have the the baby at nine months, sometimes they may have a little early, a little late. What is that based off of? When they have, when the baby in them for longer than nine months? Yeah, longer or shorter. Um, you know, they, um, sometimes, you know, the baby might need more time to develop, which is a time where, it's like anything, the oven may overcook the baby. So this is why at a certain point in time, if you have not delivered, they'll force or induce labor if you are past a certain part of your time because, like I say, you know, it, it isn't such thing as leaving the baby in too long. Like I said, the oven, like what happens when you leave something that's in the oven cooking too long, it starts to overcook it. So then you start having, the child might have all kinds of mental issues and things like that or they could come out stillborn or dead. Anything can happen when the child stays in too long and whatnot past development stage. And when it delivers early, you know, came out too early, and um, it'll happen where, you know, it, it could be anything, you know, from um, sometimes the child might self-report a little everything, you know, and, you know, your body wasn't really prepared to keep carrying the child. So it will put the child out of your body. It will expel the child early. Okay. And question okay. two, and I heard this a yeah. And um, second question, I heard this a while ago. I wasn't sure how true it was, because I I felt like it was along the same lines as like um like a self fertilization where you don't need a man. I wasn't like too sure if this is accurate or not, but is it? possible for a woman to like induce menstruation to stop a pregnancy like without going to the doctor or taking any medication 
to in, to induce the, um, blood flow that period to stop a, a pregnancy. Yeah, like an induced abortion without like going to like. Yeah, women do that. Anything. Women could do that. They could. That's they. They can. They could. That's you know. They, that's a form of where they can give themselves an abortion. They can self-abort. Certain women know how to do that. Certain things you could do to release because, like I said, when you start to bleed, that's the sign of you just aborted the baby. That's why you say when you go to the bathroom and that blood comes down and you say, oh, I miscarried the baby and whatnot, because that was the period starting to bleed up to form the child. So when you miscarry or you force an abortion, the blood comes down and the clot will come down, and that's the that was the material being formed on the baby. Okay? Mm. Okay, that's all. all right. You can force a baby out of you early. You know, they have a, that self-abortion thing. In fact, you know what I'm saying, the beast, you know, him, you know, all, you know, that's just when they try to abort children, that's just them trying to pull a, you know, pull a copy out of the copy. Out of the copy. You see, that's all they're doing. And like I said, the genetic material is being formed on your child, and you know the genetic material is storing the thing, storing within your child. And a lot of times, you know, you are your genetic material is designing the child. Your genetic material is designing the child. What do I mean by that? The man sends the sperm, and the woman within her oven. She takes really what parts the genetics she likes. She selects the genetics she likes for the child. You see, she does the selection of the genetics. She might like something about how the father's eyes. Might like something about his such and such. She might think about him, or you know, or certain things she like about her features and things like that. You know, so those tend to lock into the child. She might she might have had flashes and thoughts of how, oh, I like this about his features, I like this, and next thing you know, the child comes out with those features, you see. So, like I said, you like, like I said, it's a, it carries that memory in it as well. Your body will start organizing and structuring those features, you see. And sometimes when your child don't come out, you know, your child don't come out the way you want, Sometimes, and that's why I tell you, when you got to be careful about who you lay down with, and sometimes that sperm will lay around within the oven, you might end up picking up some genetics from a past person who you dealt with. You might end up picking up some genetics from that person. That person won't be the father. Carry That, that baby might end up carrying some of those genetics, you know? So you got to be mindful of that. Make sure before you deal with any man, you make sure that, you cleanse yourself out as much as you can of any old genetic material, if any is in there, before you restart with another man and make a child. Because you don't want any of that genetic material on your child from another, um, you know, because you could have been in a relationship with some man for years and he don't ejaculated inside you. He, you have his sperm, his DNA, or his genetic material, is that DEA inside of you. And you move into another relationship, next thing you know, that sperm is still hanging around. Like I said, it's not going to be enough to say, oh, this person's the father after you dealt with that person for years. But like anything, when you cook, well, let me use the cooking example again. When you cook a meal in the oven, 
right? Don't you leave bits of that meal behind in the oven? Some of that bits of the meal is behind in the oven, and you got to clean the oven out, right? Don't you got to clean? You got, oh, that's what you got oven cleaner for. That's what you got oven cleaner for. You got to clean out the oven before you cooking it again. Yeah, it's the same thing with a woman. A lot of you women, y'all sloppy. You let you let you leave all these, you know, after meals in your oven, right? Then when your child come out looking strange, and you like, why he look like that? Why she look like that? Why? And the the man the man questioning the paternity of the damn child and whatnot. Yo, that nigga don't look like me. What's wrong? This, that, and the third, and whatever the case may be. That nigga don't look like me. What's your why? Why baby don't think he get? It is my baby. But he be like, damn, the baby look like that nigga Darrell I used to deal with. Yeah. Yeah, the, the real sperm is in your baby if you dealt with them long enough to clean out that oven. The real genetic material just might be up in there a little bit. Not enough to make Darrell the father, but it's just enough there to, you know, a little bit of Darrell left behind. So you might be careful of that. You know, be careful. Mm-hmm. Make sure the oven is scrubbed. You know, start looking for them natural oven cleaners. Yeah, so, so, you know, like I said, always make sure that you understand that your body is the machine, a life machine. Your body is a life machine, okay? And you came here to carry life into the world, you see? You came here to carry life into the world. When our women have babies, we're carrying life into the world. When the humans have babies, they're just circulating life into the world. You see, they circulate life into the world. We actually carry life into the world. They don't, you see, we, 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 we deliver from different points. We deliver from different stations and different points. See, we are, we deliver life, in, we deliver into life. You see, they deliver within life. We would deliver. They're caught in the circle, the genetic material, that genetic circle. So they deliver into the circle of life. We, we, you know, we deliver onto or into it, and they deliver within it. You follow what I'm saying? So always keep that in mind that we are supposed to produce the best copies best images that we can produce, you see. You want to bake the best materials in your oven. You want to bake the best materials in your oven. That's how you women should be. There was a time when you women were like that. You wanted to bake the best materials in your oven. You wanted the best ingredients to go in your oven. Now y'all just don't give a goddamn no more. You don't give a damn what go inside your oven, taking all kinds of strange mixtures in your oven all kind of weird mixtures in your oven, you see, and all kind of weird shit coming out on your seeds, you see. I'm like, oh, I got with him because he got good hair. I got with him because he got this. Oh, he, he, his eyes is that color, you see. You don't know what's behind that genetic material, though. You don't know what's behind that, you see. You need to find out what's behind that genetic material. Are you sowing the seeds with somebody who is worth sowing the seeds with? That in mind, exactly. Our seeds come from above. Theirs come from within. It's just that 
when our children come from above, they end up adopt, unfortunately adopting the ways the beasts and the people within. This is why they start acting the way they do and start acting degenerate, and this is how they get caught into this two-dimensional mindset, you see, because there's not a community that's keeping them in alignment, keeping them raised up. They don't have no community. That's why when the beast see you trying to build some kind of community or something for your children, they try to start targeting your um, your community and your children. They don't want you to build no, no nuclear family for your children. They don't want that because they know what that will produce when you have that. When a bronze child has a loving mother and father and community around and people who are supporting them, they will come out strong. They will come out powerful. They will come out in a extended state of being, you see. But when they don't have that, when they're not a part of anything, this is what you produce. You pull them down into that round and that in, in the, into that circle with the humans. You pull them down into that circle. Next thing you know, they doing with the humans. They going, to, they watching TV. They doing all this other nonsense. You know, they want to hang out with the humans or they want to lay with the humans because they were pulled into that circle because they have nothing to be connected to. So what happens? They pull you into that circle. You see, your children want to start going to sleepovers at their white friends' houses or their black friends' houses, you know what I'm saying, or their Spanish friends' houses, you know, these three-dimensional people, these two-dimensional people, and you let your children hanging around with them at Chuck E. Cheese and, and all this other garbage and whatnot. Next thing, they filling your child's head with a bunch of two-dimensional nonsense, and so now your child becomes one of the world, man. You see, your child becomes dumbed down and dulled down and one to the world. You don't let your children be around these, these two-dimensionals and these three-dimensional guys, especially not these damn humans, man. Especially not these goddamn humans. You see, they start believing that they, they, they're the same as these humans. They start believing this madness. You see, they start believing that they just, that we all the same. You see, stupid stuff like that. You know, oh, ain't no more racism. You see, that they believe stupid stuff like that. So, again, come from above, and they come from within. You see, and they know that. They know that. That's why they hate you. They hate you because they know you're from above and they are from within. And when your woman, your woman, puts that cake in the oven. That's why the beast wants to put that cake in her oven. You see? She wants to put a cake in her oven. You see? Because, like I said, he don't really want his woman. Not for real, for real. He don't really want his woman. You see? Because he knows she's an inferior oven. He knows his woman is an inferior oven. Why do you think he had the so-called black woman uh, nursing his children? And like I said, he had the so-called black woman nursing his children, going back to slavery all the way up into the present and taking care of their children, being their mammy and their nanny and whatnot, nursing these children, nursing these little, these little damn, you know, these little, these little cave, these little cave creatures at her breast, nursing these little cave creatures, these little humans. You see. Because they knew that she was going to put out the most iron-rich nutrient, nutrients milk, the most, the most nutrients, um, nutrient, and her milk. If you could just look at that. I mean, it don't. It's not even taking no rocket science. If you see a rich, dark woman, you see a rich, dark woman that's producing milk, and you see some pale ass, some pale ass, a uh, uh, frail, you know, a uh, withering, you know, a uh, sloppy, uh, uh, um, piece of flesh over there. What you going to pick the drink from? 
what you going to pick the drink from? What you going to want to put your seed in if you're in your right state of mind? A lot of you niggas, you're not in your right state of mind. You niggas go get the, y'all go get a white woman. You go get porky pig. You see, and put your seed in that. You niggas bugged out of your minds, man. You know, you want to get a cave woman. You see, and put your seed in. Then you don't really value your seed. And that go for you bronze women, too. You see, you go get a cave, man. You don't really value your seed. Right back, man.
when your body comes into alignment as a woman, this process starts. In order for the son of man to be the son of man, he has to be molded by the womb of a woman. He has to be born in the womb of a woman. That is where he is molded, in the womb of a woman. Same thing with a woman that comes forward. When a woman is molded in the womb of her mother, the mother is creating another open window. She's creating another or she's making way for another open window who will carry life forward as well, you see. So this is why when a woman is pregnant with a girl, she tends to, some of her hair tends to come out when she's pregnant, you know, because the baby's taken from her, taking her hair, her nails, the protein, everything, the baby's taken from her. The baby is taking her genetic material. She is taking from the genetic material of her mother. She already has the blueprint of her father, so she's taking from the genetic material of her mother, you see. She's rearranging things and taking, adding in, adding in her mother's material, adding in, in his mother's material to the extended picture. And this is why, but it, it really weighs heavily on the woman when she's carrying a female child, a, a, a girl child. It really weighs heavily on her because more is being taken from her, you see, than if a woman is carrying a boy, you see. So just like anything, when the woman is able to carry life, when she's able to sync up genetic materials, you see, when she's able to, you know, get the engine going, the fuel going, and turning on the oven, right, her body is starting to, again, push out copies. It's pushing out copies. It's pushing out fuel and whatnot, and like I said, the fuel is to power the machine. Again, there's another reason why I said a lot of young women, the women shouldn't have, like in the old days when you had the women having 15 and, 20 and 10 and 15 children, things like that. That shouldn't be the case within this next generation. You know why these women in the ancient and the old world, like in here in the um here in the, um, you know, back in the early 20th century, a lot of women were having 15 children, 12, 13, 14, 15 children, because they were with men who were supposed to be having children with more than one woman. You're not supposed to put that stress on a woman's body to have that many children. It's a lot of stress on her body. And men, those men were supposed to have more than one wife so that those children are spread out evenly. You can overload an oven. You can overload an oven. You see, there's a such thing as overloading the oven. You can continuously keep putting children into that oven over and over and over and over again, and then after a while, like I said, the oven shuts down or, like, it won't process the genetic material like it used to be, like it used to when you had the first few children. It won't process it the same way, you see. That's why if you notice when those aren't having a lot of children like that, it's usually the children, the later children, who end up having 
you know, who who end up being a little slower, a little less developed, you know, not as sharp as the, ch- the younger children. You see, sometimes that tends to happen, you see, because that, you know, the woman put out too many copies. She put out too many, you see, and it's working her body when she has to put out that many copies. It works her body. Her body has to go into rearranging that genetic material. So when you when she gets pregnant and her body starts to go into rearranging that genetic material, you you that's a lot of work. That's a lot of work. Her body is syncing up that genetic material. So imagine if she's pregnant 17, 18 times out of her life, whatever the case may be, ten times and whatnot. Her body that's not a that's not a small thing to give birth to a child, man. That's not a small thing. That's a big thing. You see? That's a big thing when your body starts carrying, preparing to, you know, carry a child and things like that. That's not that's not nothing to, you know, play with. You see, that's machinery getting started. You see, so you can't constantly be, you know, working the machine like that. You can't constantly work the machine like that, putting babies inside the machine like that and whatnot. Because, like I said, you forcing it to constantly structure out that genetic material. You see, you know, and like I said, it might pull from different places. You see, sometimes we'll pull from the same place, the same familiar genetic space. That's why you'll have children who resemble because she'll just pull the same thing and use the same file, the same genetic file that she used from the last child. That's why the children will tend to look the same because she don't feel like going and pulling other material. She'll pull what she pulled the last time. And she'll just put out what she put out the last time. That's why your children will tend to look alike. You see? All right? So keep that in mind. Keep that in mind. That genetic material and how she stores it. Like I said, you know, a woman who can, uh, uh, um, considers women healthy, can store genetic material, can store good genetic material and constantly reproduce. You know, that's why the beasts would call them back as a slave. They would call those women breeders. You see, they call those women breeders, you know, because our women bred the best children. That's why, you know, like I said, we bred the best, the strongest children. It's already known. That's why the beast wants to really go and adopt your children. He really wants to adopt your children to do degenerate things with. He wants to always be around your children because he knows that your children are rich and, you know, strong, you know, robust. That's why they want to be around your children. They want to touch your children. They want to be putting their hands all on your children and stuff like that because they feel like energy and power coming from your children. That's why you don't let these, don't let these humans touch your children, man. Don't ever let these goddamn human touch, humans touch your children, man. You see, they slimy-ass, herpy hands all over your children. No, no, ain't no telling them putting their hands in your children's face, trying to touch their face. You see, you don't know where the hell their hands been. You see, marking your children. You want to hold your children, touch them. You don't, you don't feel like that. Like, y'all know y'all don't feel like that when it comes to their children because, you know, you just got that. I don't know. I, I don't know too many people feel like that when it comes to holding and touching their children. You see. I don't know how many feel like when you look at their children. You, I mean, I, I don't. Maybe it's just me, but I look at their children. I'm like, ah, these little puppies out of here. These little monkeys out of here. Like, nah. You know what I'm saying, I don't even want to look at them. 
They look at your children. They want to touch your children. Oh, she's so cute. Oh, he's so cute. Look at him. Because that's because they really that's really how they feel. They don't feel like that about their children. You see, they don't. You know, ain't nothing ain't nothing cute about their children at all. You see, you might lie, you bronze, or you might have the maternal instinct, but as soon as they hit three or four years old, I'm like, you know, I'm, I'm like, I don't know how y'all want to even be around them. You see, they got goddamn weirdos. They already start being weirdos when they're three and four years old, five years old. They already start being weirdos. You see, yeah, you know, but you know, but like, you know, you lie, you damn, uh, uh. You a lot of you bronze women, y'all got that some you know got that coon spirit on them. That's why they love being around them and whatnot, touching their children. I'm like, yeah, okay, okay, you know, but you know. So, as I said, labor is a lifetime process with healthy women. Labor pain, going through periods, cramps, menstrual cycle. That's a that's part of the machinery. That's part of the works. The works churn out, you know, these things. Your body churns out these things. So, again, like I said, whenever a, a man says, you know, that a woman is not worth as much as a man, that's a damn lie. Man and woman are both both priceless. You can't have one without the other. So I don't, I, know I don't get this whole thing about a woman is better than a man, a man is better than a woman. I don't get that. I don't get why people do stuff like that because men and women are two parts that go together. You see, you know when people promote that type of madness of men, you know it's really behind that when they promote men against women, women against men. You know what's really behind that? Homosexuality and lesbianism. That's really what's behind that. Homosexuality and lesbianism is behind the gender war. That's really what's behind the gender war, trying to get the women to hate the men, trying to get the men to hate the women. That's nothing that's faggots and lesbians, man. That's all that really is. That's just some people trying to promote that on the down low. That's what really all the agenda war is about. See, the agenda war always has an agenda to it. The agenda wars always have an agenda to it, you see. And it's to cause, exactly, cause disharmony, problems of disharmony, disunity, you see. But they love to create that dynamic within our people. They love to create that dynamic. They go out here purposely to create that dynamic within our people. Why? Because... We deliver the best copies. We deliver the best children, the greatest children on earth. We deliver the greatest children. You see, we carry the greatest children, man, and they hate that. They're jealous of the fact that you bronze women turn out great children, man. Physically, y'all y'all turn out messed up children mentally because you and the beast you trust to take care of and, and, and nurture and raise and educate your children. That's why your children turn out to be shit. Your children turn out to be shit because you put them in the hands of the beast. Because you refuse to raise your children in the community. You refuse. You don't, you don't look at your children as valuable. You don't look at your children as valuable. You see, you, look at, you niggas look at your children as disposable, man. That's really how you niggas look at your children, man. That's why your children turn out to be shit. You see? You don't put nothing into them. You don't try to do better for yourself. You don't just you just 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 fucking and having kids. Excuse my language. That's what you done become. That's what it done degraded to. You see, that's what it degraded to, and you just drag these little niggas up as you go. 
You just took all of the damn. You just took all the damn uh, 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 um, um, power out of bringing forth children. Took all the power out of you, niggas, man. You took all the power out of you. That's a powerful thing when a man and a woman come together and bring forth life. That's a powerful thing, man. And you hand your you hand over your powerful production, your powerful projection in that child to the beast. Are you niggas serious? You niggas out of your minds, man. You you hand them over to the beast to educate your children, to vaccinate them, to sit up here and, and, and program them through these these TV shows. You niggas are out of your minds, man. You are out of your goddamn minds. Then when your children sitting around twerking all day or talking about uh, singing some goddamn Cardi B or wanting to be a little slut or your sons want to be faggots, then you wonder why. I wonder why this is happening. Because you hand over your powerful product, man. Your children are your most prized possession, man. They're your most powerful product. That's the best product you're going to get. That guarantees you eternity through that bloodline, man. And the beast wants you to just basically fuck it off, man, like you niggas do, man. You fuck it off. Excuse me, man. I had to get a little raw on that cut for a minute. Let me get an answer quick before we get out of here. Um, what is the real reason why women go through labor pains in childbirth? Because the machine which her body is is being cut on. Her, her body is a machine. The woman's body is a machine, all right? And it, that machine goes on from the time she is 12, 13 years old, and it goes off in, it, any time from her 40s to her 45, that machine goes off, that part of production in her life. And in anything, when you're cutting on a machine, there is, you know, there is that motion, that movement, that's labor being involved. You know, you know why they got, you know why they got the beast got something called child labor laws? You know, they say about it's really supposed to be about children working, right? Not really. I'm going to get into that another time, though. But I'm saying that your body is a machine that cuts on and cuts off at a certain time automatically. You see, it was already set and coded in your body to cut on, start carrying children, producing uh, uh, fuel and energy, which you pump out of your body every month as period, as your, as your menstrual cycle and whatnot. So it's a machine, and like I said, it's labor involved. And wherever there's labor, there's motion, there's movement, being that you are physically going through it, it's going to produce a pain in you because it's expansion. Anything that's dealing with movement and motion flowing through you produces a uh, uh, um, it can produce a swelling in you, an expansion in you, which produces the pain, right? Is uh, it for babies, yeah, for the eventual implantation of children. Is it more for, and it's for your growth as well. What does it do to her life afterwards? It's supposed to extend your life mentally and physically. This is the expansion of your life. See, the expansion of your life, the expansion doesn't just happen to your body physically. It happens to you mentally. See, birth is a mental thing just as well as it is a physical thing. So there's a growth, you know, on both sides. What does it do uh before and during her life, before it prepares you through when you start your cycle and continues you going as you are carrying children. Your life, your body is starting to turn out product, produce product, children, and build up into that state of power, that natural state. This is a natural state of projection within this three-dimensional realm. 
It'll be something more extended in the fourth. But that's it. We're going to close out in the name of Amen by the power of Amen. And Amen we trust and Amen we thank. And Amen we continue forward forever. I am the intellectual new Ben Mencare. This has been Mentelect Radio. I'll see you guys back here tomorrow night at 10. Good night.
Yeah. Cool. 